You're listening to a message from New Life Foursquare Church in Canby, Oregon. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to you. Visit canbyfoursquare.com to learn more. Good morning. It is, it is good to see you. This has been a great, beautiful week, huh? How many of you suffer with allergies a little bit, do you? Come on, I want to get a count. Yeah, doggone it. I mean, it gets pretty and you get a little sniffle going, don't you? Well, we're just going to pray you all get healed. You know, you can pray for me the same way. This week was a great week. We spent time with family, spent time with you last weekend. It was a beautiful weekend. People saved, baptized, just touched by God, and I know I was as well. Uh, my, uh, my granddaughter, Ella, was uh, throwing a fit. She was having a difficult time, and um, my grandson, her younger brother, uh, was sitting there just looking straight ahead, not really looking like he paying attention to what was going on, and she just was kind of having a bit of an attitude, and he just said this. He said, she's having an Ella-tude, you know, <laughs> and um, so let me say this. If you're having a little bit of an Ella-tude today, chill out, all right? We'll have a good time. You know, the biggest question you, you ask yourself, especially after coming off a, a great Easter weekend, is what next? You know, what next? I mean, where do you go from here, especially after Easter? And what I want to do this morning is I want to take a little time and answer that question. I mean, what next? Where do you go from here? And I thought probably the best example for us is to do what the disciples did. Uh, Let's do what the disciples did after the resurrection. And what they did was kind of amazing because if you think about it, when you hear that Jesus has risen, I mean, you want to run out and tell everybody. I mean, when they really knew and understood that, they, they wanted to go out and just announce this to the world. But God kind of put a hold on them. He said, I don't want you to do that yet because there's something that you need to have. There's something that you need to do in order to uh, really proclaim the good news that he has risen. And we find out what that is in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 where he says, Now go wait and go listen and receive the power of God's Holy Spirit so that you can be my witnesses to all the world. And I want to do this. I want to I, I just take a moment. We're going to take some time this weekend. And um, I want us to, to listen and receive from God's Holy Spirit. How many would be into that? I mean, to listen and receive from God's Holy Spirit. What is God saying to you today? How is he speaking to your heart today? Do I believe in the goodness of God? That's something that I, I want to think about. I think it's fundamental to a relationship with God. Do I, do I believe in the love of God that calls me into a relationship with Jesus Christ? Do I believe that God communicates with me through the Holy Spirit? Do I believe these things? And these are really fundamental before we can move on after that resurrection, before we can move on after that Easter Sunday, and just embracing God's goodness and hearing what He has to say to us and receiving from Him. So here's how I tend to to communicate with God's Holy Spirit, and maybe you can identify with, with me here. God, what do you want me to do? God, what, what do you want from me? You know, that, that's just kind of the way I am. And I'm certain that that's probably what the, what the disciples were asking. They were asking the same thing. Okay, now that we know that Jesus has risen, what do you want me to do? What do you want from me? Where do you want me to go? And what God does is, is amazing here. What he does is he says, I want you to listen and I want you to receive. 
What I'd like you to do this morning with me, if you would, is open up your Bibles to Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. The reason I'm going to Mark chapter 6 verses 46 or chapter 10 verses 46 through 52 is there's a passage here uh, that isn't about what you can do for Jesus it's more about what Jesus can do for you. And I want you to hear what Jesus can do for you and what he wants to do for you. This is a beautiful passage of scripture in fact it's really one of my favorite And I want to connect this passage of Scripture with what it means to listen and receive. What does it mean to listen and receive from God's Holy Spirit? If you don't have a Bible, there are blue Bibles around this building. You can pull them out there. I think they're under the seats. You pull one of those Bibles out. If you don't have a Bible, take that blue Bible home with you. We want you to have it. But here's what it says in Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. It says, And then they came to Jericho. And remember, this is the last week of Jesus' life. As Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and he said, call him. Isn't that beautiful? I want you to hear that. Just call him. And I think right now, today, this morning, there's that calling of God's Holy Spirit to you. That if you have listening ears, what you're going to hear is Jesus calling to you. And I love what this blind man did. He, he, he jumped up and uh, he threw off his cloak. And the disciples said to him, so let's look. So they, they called the blind man and they said this to him. The disciples said, cheer up. You know what that means? That means come out of your emotional discouragement. That means come out of that dark place that you're in right now. What it's saying here is cheer up. And I would imagine there are a few of us here this morning that might be a bit discouraged. You might be in an emotional, spiritual, dark place. And for you to hear that that command, because that's really what it is. If you look at the, uh, the Greek and the way it's phrased and framed, there's that exclamation you see in the English. really doesn't communicate the emphasis that it was in the original language. It means cheer up! It's a command to come out of discouragement, to come out of that dark spiritual and emotional place. And that's what they're saying. And I could imagine that that's exactly where Bartimaeus was. He was poor. He was a pauper. He probably didn't have very many people talking to him, speaking to him. He was a pariah in society and community. And for him to hear someone say to him, cheer up, come out of your blindness. (laughs) Come out of that dark place. And then it says... On your feet. I love that. So posture yourself. Be ready to do and to receive whatever it is that Jesus has you to receive. So you have to put yourself in a place where you can receive what he has for you. Today, you might just be hearing that and you need to hear that spiritually. Posture yourself. Put yourself in a place where you can hear what Jesus wants to say to you. That's what this means. Get on your feet. I love what Ephesians says. It says, and after you've done everything to stand, what do you do? You stand. 
You put yourself in a place where you can receive from Jesus, from God's Holy Spirit. And I love this. And that third thing that it says here is he's calling you. He's calling you. Now, I want you to do something with me on this. Personalize it. Just say that he's calling me. Because sometimes we make this pretty general, don't we? We just look at it and we we look at it theologically and all those other ways. I want you to hear this from Scripture, Jesus calling you. Say, calling me. Say, he's calling me. Just say that. He's calling me. That he's calling me. Throwing his cloak aside, probably the only thing that he owned, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. And this is the million dollar question this morning. This is really where we're landing. Is what do you want Jesus to do for you today? If he's telling you to cheer up, if he's telling you to posture yourself so you can receive, he's going to ask you a question. And the question is, what is it I can do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus along the road. What I love about this is that that conversation, that brief conversation that Jesus has with blind Bartimaeus and just asking that question, what is it I can do for you? I believe two things are happening. I I think that one of the things that is happening is obvious here. He's going to receive his sight. Wouldn't you think that, (laughs) I'm wondering if the disciples thought this, Jesus, why even asking that question? Look, the dude's blind. I mean, he he can't see and you're asking him a question What is it I can do for you? Duh, he's blind. Heal him. Let him see again. But Jesus went a lot deeper than that because what Jesus was doing was not only healing his physical blindness, he was healing his emotional and spiritual blindness because he was asking a question that went deep to the soul of this man. How often do you think this man heard a question, what is it I can do for you? What Jesus is saying to blind Bartimaeus is, I love you. I value you. I dignify you. The worst of society, the the, the pariahs of society, he's saying it, what is it I can do for you? And I just imagine Jesus doing this. I just imagine Jesus just taking his face in his hands. And I'm even wondering if he whispered that. What is it I can do for you? What do you need from me? What do you want? What is it? The emotional, the spiritual healing and restoration that had to be going on in the split second that the creator of the universe is whispering those words into that man's ears. His eyes were blind, but his ears could hear could hear the voice of the Son of God. Today, right now, in this time, it's about responding to the question Jesus asked. What do you want me to do for you? Can you hear Jesus saying that? That you would rest, that you would listen, and that you would receive from Him. What is it that you would want Jesus to do for you today? That's a big deal. 
What would you write down if you had that opportunity? What would you put on paper? Jesus, I want you to do this for me today. Well, I'm going to say this to you and encourage you. Take out some paper. Take a pencil and just say, Jesus, I want to answer that question. This is what I need you to do for me today. You see, answering this question is about being dependent on Him. And it's about the infilling of His Holy Spirit. It's about knowing that I am poor. It's about knowing that I'm blind and that I'm empty and that I need Him. Needing Him for the things that are impossible for me to get on my own. What are the impossible things for you to get on your own? What are the things that you can't strive for to gain? What are the things you can't work for to get? Those are the things that you go to Jesus with and you say to him, Jesus, you can do this for me. I need your love. That's something you can't get on your own. Jesus, I I need your joy. You know, that's one thing that I've been praying for the last week or so. Is I've been praying for the joy of the Lord. Father, I, I want the joy of the Lord in my life. Because I know that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I need strength today. I need the infilling of your Holy Spirit. I need you to well up inside. I need you to be that that fountain of living water. I need the joy of the Lord in my life. We live in a pretty depressed world. I mean, that's what I'm seeing. And it it doesn't really look altogether positive. And sometimes that can influence the way that you live each day. That can influence your, your emotional stability. It can influence your outlook in life. And I I don't want the outlook of the world. I want the outlook of God's Holy Spirit. And so what I'm saying is, God, give me joy. I need the joy of the Lord. And I know the power of your Holy Spirit can work that in me. God, give that to me. Maybe you would write something like this down. Lord, I need healing. Um, I'm in a situation, a family member's in a situation that it seems to be impossible. It looks impossible. It, It looks dark. But what I'm asking for today is your healing. Maybe it's wisdom that you need. You know, James chapter 1, I think it's verse 5, says if any man or woman lacks wisdom, what do they do? Let them ask God and he will give it to you and he won't hold anything back. That's a promise. That's a promise. It says actually in the original language, there's no prejudice against you when you ask for God's wisdom. And I'm wondering, why don't I do that more often? (laughs) Because I know he's not going to hold it back. It says, it's his promise, it's his word that he's not going to hold it back. And maybe it's wisdom that you need today, a a business situation, a family, a circumstance that you're facing right now. And you need to receive from God his wisdom in your life. Maybe what you need today, what you long for is the baptism of God's Holy Spirit. Maybe you're saying, man, I'm just kind of living on... I'm not living on all cylinders. I'm kind of living half-charged, and I don't want to live half-charged. I want to live fully charged. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit of God. See, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that release of God's Spirit in your life where He provides for you the things that you need to be His witness for you to live as an overcomer in the world that we're part of. That's what that's all about. God knows I need that. God knows you need that. Really to be his witness. That I need the gifts of God's Holy Spirit. The gifts that are described in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
There's gifts there that I need. I need to live a prophetic life and have a prophetic perspective. Do you know that? Do you, 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 and God can give that to you. It's having a perspective, but it's prophetic. It's divine. It's something that God speaks to you about, about you, about your circumstances, about my, what's coming down the road. God, I need to have that prophetic perspective. How do I respond to the things that are going on around me? How do I do that? It only comes through the fullness of God's Holy Spirit. Having a prophetic perspective that's being filled with His Holy Spirit. What do you want Him to do for you today? Be bold. And ask Him for the things that are out of your reach. Ask Him for the things that you... You, you can't get through human flesh or effort. Ask him. Um, Annette is the gardener in our house, so that's the reason our backyard looks really good. And uh, we have this grape arbor in our, in our backyard, and, and last spring it was weighed down with the foliage and the fruit, and one end of it was just caving in on itself. Annette went in the backyard, and she saw it, and she said, Ron, get back here, get back here. Well, listen, I'm not an arborist. I'm not even close to a gardener, and I'm certainly not a handyman. And I ran in the backyard, and I looked at it, and it really was. It was caving in on itself. And I looked at it, and she goes, what are we going to do? And I said, well, I know what I would do. I'd just go and cut it off right there. And she goes, no, don't do that. And I thought, oh, my goodness, i gotta, I got to find a solution. And I ran into the garage, and I looked into the corner of my garage, and um, I found two sets of crutches because I've used those before. And I thought, I have my solution. <laughs> I've got two sets of crutches. So I ran out there with four crutches, and I got into the foliage. In a minute, it took a while, and I'm just pushing my way in, and I got to where the branch was falling, where it was caving in, and I lifted it up, and I stuck a crutch under it, and I went a little further, lifted it up, and stuck a crutch under it. Got four crutches under that. That was it. And it looked really beautiful because you couldn't see the crutches with all the foliage and fruit. But winter came. Winter came. And this is what happened. I'm looking in my backyard this winter, and I'm going... Did I do that? That is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. That's horrible. That's horrible. And I'm standing there looking at this ugly sight, no fruit, no foliage, and I think to myself, that's what I look like inside when I don't depend on God's Holy Spirit. I try to prop things up hoping you won't see it because you couldn't see those crutches when it was nice and fruitful, and full of foliage. You couldn't see that. But when all the fruit is stripped away, and God knows what's underneath, when all the foliage is stripped away, God knows. He sees your heart. He knows when you're faking it. He knows when you're just running along and trying to prop up your life with whatever you prop up your life with to make you feel better, to make you feel valued, to make you feel like you're a, a, a fruitful citizen. But when all of it goes away, really, what's inside? What's underneath? What are you propping your life up with right now? Because there's only one thing that that makes your life full, and that's the infilling of God's Holy Spirit. When you call on the name of Jesus, He becomes your Lord and Savior. 
And that you ask him to baptize you in his Holy Spirit. And you say, Lord, baptize me in your Holy Spirit. Fill me up so I don't have to go through life propping everything up with these crutches that I have. So that my life isn't only beautiful (laughs) or looks beautiful on the outside, but it's beautiful on the inside. Where is it with you today? Where are you in your relationship with Jesus Christ and being full of God's Holy Spirit? If you're one that received Christ last weekend and you want to be full, then you ask Him to fill you with His Holy Spirit. You ask Him to fill you. You know, the question I get asked most often is, how, how do I know the voice of God's Holy Spirit? How do I know God's voice? How do I hear that? Let me, let, me, let me just give you a little bit of insight here, a few things that you can know. The difference between the voice of God and really the voice of the enemy, the voice of Satan, the voice of the world, here it is. The voice of God stills you. Satan rushes you. The voice of God leads you. Satan's voice pushes you. The voice of God reassures you. Satan's voice frightens you. The voice of God enlightens you. The voice of the enemy confuses you. God's voice comforts you. Satan obsesses you. The voice of God convicts you. Satan's voice condemns you. The voice of God encourages you. Satan's voice discourages you. Where are you on that chart? Because if what you feel when you hear the, a voice and it, it's on, let's see, it would be the right side there. That's, that's the world. That's Satan. That, that, that's the voice of the enemy. And for you to be able to distinguish that and say, wow, I want the voice of God to be speaking to me. I want to be filled with God's Holy Spirit then you look at everything under God's voice because that's the way that He moves in our lives. He doesn't threaten you. He doesn't cause fear in your life. But He brings fullness. He brings stability. So here's what I want us to do as we come to the Lord's table today. And it's, it's pretty simple. I want you to take some time And answer that question on a piece of paper. Hear the Lord saying to you, what is it I can do for you? What is it? And you write that down. Be bold with it. Be bold with it. Be honest with it. Say, God, I need to be full of your Holy Spirit. God, I need joy. That's what I've been writing down. God, these are the things that I need. And I want you to write those things down. And then when you come to the Lord's table, and I love this about the Lord's table because Paul's instruction is that we receive when we come to the Lord's table. Paul said, I receive from the Lord what I passed on to you. What he's saying, this is about me receiving the fullness of what Christ has done for me and the infilling of his Holy Spirit. And that you would write that down. And say, here's what, Lord, I I, I want you to do for me. 
Don't be bashful about this. Be bold. If, if right now you're saying, well, I don't really want to do that. I, I'm going to... I don't, I don't want to imposition God. <laughs> Get over it. He wants you to answer that question. What is it that He can do for you today? And when you come to the table today, there's two tables here and two in the back. If you would just take whatever it is you write down and you would put it in the containers and just say, Lord, here's what I want to receive from you today and just put that in the container that's just that act of faith that that that's the standing up part of it that's the posture of receiving what we also do here is we bring our other prayer requests that we might have we bring our our tithe and our offering if you're part of our church fellowship if you're part of this community this is the time that we give our offerings we we um we bring them to the uh, table and we drop them into the, uh, to the containers that are there. And we just say, Lord, here it is. This is the way that we're worshiping you. But today, one of the things that is so important for us to worship the Lord, to really in his fullness, is to be able to say, Lord, this is what I, what I want from you. And not be afraid to ask. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. I want you to notice that. This is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Receive from him today. Would you bow your head with me just for a moment? And I'm going to invite our worship team to come, come forward and... I just want you to take just a moment. If you haven't written anything down, just take a moment, another moment. We're not going to, again, we're not going to rush and jump to the next thing until, until God's Spirit has just really moved in our lives. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want you to be invited to the Lord's table and receive from Him. And this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to have prayer teams that are going to be around this room. And that you can come and pray with someone as well. You, you can come and say, this is what I'm praying God would do for me. This is what I'm praying that he would do. And our prayer teams can get, make themselves available now. You can get to the places that you need to be. And you might want to go for prayer before you go to the Lord's table. That's fine. You might want to go to prayer after you go to the Lord's table. That's fine as well. But today, don't hold back. Be bold. You might take that request that you have, that thing that you're saying, Lord, this is what I I, I want from you. This is what I need from you. You might pray with someone before you come to the Lord's table. You You might go to a prayer team after you go to the Lord's table. 
but receive today. Just hear the Lord saying to you, what is it I can do for you? Hear him whisper that to you personally, intimately, and be filled. Be filled today with God's Holy Spirit. Father, we come to you in the awesome and wonderful name of Jesus. And your word says there's only one name we're saved by, and that's the name of Jesus. And at that point, that place of salvation, we know our sins are forgiven. We know that we have eternal life in you. But what many of us haven't experienced is the fullness of your Holy Spirit. It's what the disciples knew they needed to do. Once they experienced the resurrection, there was a time where they listened and received the power of God's Holy Spirit. We need the same. We need absolutely the same thing in our life. So today we receive from you what you have so freely given to us your body, which is represented in the bread, your blood, which is represented in the cup. And then the day of Pentecost is the power of your Holy Spirit. Fill us today. In Jesus' name we pray. And we say together, amen and amen. If you've never shared communion with us before, it's just really simple. We just come to the table. And we take of the elements. And some of you will pray around the table with each other. That's wonderful. Some of you may take the elements back to your seat and pray together in your, in your group or your family. That's, that, that's fine as well. But what we're doing is just receiving from Jesus Christ today. Again, there's two tables here and there's two in the back. Let's continue to worship. And we're going to invite you as we begin to just sing songs of worship to the Lord. Just come and receive in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. Please let us know if you have questions or would like us to pray with you. You can contact the church office most weekdays at 503-266-4444 and anytime through canbefoursquare.com.